Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Today, we welcome Amy Sheridan, founder of WINS, a mission-driven membership program built to amplify the voices of women influencing sports and entertainment. Amy creates opportunities for sports entertainment leaders to be seen and heard by their peers and prospects. Before achieving founder status, Amy held business development roles at the National Hockey League, Saatchi and Saatchi, and NBC Sports. In 2013, Amy pivoted into her writing career as a weekly contributor to Street and Smith's Sports Business Journal, covering trends in mobile technology. She has taught marketing courses at Ohio University, Drexel University, and St. Joe's University, and she resides in Philadelphia with her husband and three daughters. On this episode, Amy discusses how to build an audience, including instructions on where to spend your time, your very limited time, hanging out using your influence to create positive change, and creating your own personal headline. This is a must-listen for those looking to contribute both in their workplace and at a greater level and beyond. This podcast talks so much about finding your voice, and Amy is here to help give you instruction and motivation to do so, and then the information on how to use it once you found it. This is your how-to episode for building your personal content strategy. Grab a pen and listen up. Episode 40. Here we go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast today. I'm so excited to interview Amy Sheridan, founder of WINS. Want to start off, Amy, by asking you who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Thank you so much, Emily. Um, So yes, I'm Amy Sheridan. I'm founder of WINS Media. I'm also the voice of amysheridan.com. My career journey has taken me through many experiences, you know, Um, and I don't like to really be long-winded with the story. So I'll give you a very top level Um, and I'll start with right now. So where I'm at right now is I do content strategy for leaders in sports and entertainment. A leader can be defined as a business. It could be a brand. It could be a sports team and it could be an individual. Right. And so content strategy encompasses owned, earned and paid media channels. So I might come in and give someone sort of like the lay of the land, the playbook, if you will, on, you know, what I believe that they should be doing to, for, you know, bring their business forward across owned, earned and paid channels. And I really strongly believe in a blend of the three to really hit all angles. Um, And more and more, I've focused on the earned side, which is giving people the opportunity to be seen and heard across the media through interview opportunities, panel opportunities, you know, awards and things like that. 
Um, and it's brought me to this place with wins where I learned that it's women that need this coaching, uh, you know, in so many ways. And uh, we can get into that later. But what brought me here was simply, you know, a lot of experience in the sports, the sports industry, um, starting with my first role at the National Hockey League, um, doing e-commerce, you know, back in the day, uh, uh, moving on to the agency side, work on Toyota and their sponsorship strategy in the Philadelphia DMA, which is where I'm at, I am here today. And then going to the media side and working on NBC Sports and Comcast Sports Group and the regional sports nets and building digital audiences for them and, you know, devising revenue strategies for them and really building, building audience, right? I think building audience was sort of the trend in my career in the industry proper, as I call it, like, you know, behind the scenes supporting a media company or a league or a team or whatever it was. And when I, you know, after I got married and, you know, started to get ready to have a family, which, you know, I have an eight-year-old, I have a seven-year-old and I have a four-year-old, all girls. <laughs> um, and when I got ready to start having a family, I, I started to put the plans in place to pivot out of the business into a more flexible work environment where I started teaching courses um, at local universities here in Philly. I started writing for Sports Business Journal as a contributor, doing mobile application reviews, which was incredible. Sort of found a way to tap into my inner writer, which was always there. And I've told this a lot of times that my inner writer was screaming to get out for a long time. And I was working at, you know, media companies and I would be surrounded by writers, like people that were beat writers. And I'd be like, can I be you, you know, and I was on the business side. Right. And so I sort of found my way out and sort of took what I learned from the business and was able to apply it on the writing side for SBJ. And I was able to apply it on the education side um, here in Philly at St. Joe's University, um, where I worked full time for a couple of years in their sports marketing major. Um, and I cobbled it all together and started going off on my own, right? And at first I was a freelance writer working for SBJ, you know, maybe taking on another job with another publication and teaching a course. And it sort of evolved into a business. And, um, you know, it's been, you know, I, I would like to call it one of the most exciting chapters of my career in allowing it to develop and I think just sort of staying at it. Um, that's definitely been a challenge this past 12 months is just really staying committed and staying at it and not knowing when, you know, we would see the light at the end of the tunnel, but you know, everything that I've ever done has brought me to the moment that I'm at now. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with it. I love the work that I do because I think that it, it really, it gives, it helps people, right? It, it gives people, in a lot of cases, women, it, it helps to clarify their purpose and their value. And so I think it's become very mission driven. And, um, you know, the evolution of wins is it's, we're sort of like right at the beginning, you know? Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation because I know that there's so much that we're going to dig into that I'm really only starting to dig into and in, on my, you know, in the business. 
I love what you said there. Everything I have ever done has brought me to the moment I'm in right now. It's just, it's so poignant and it's so true, I think for all of us. And I love how, how that was stated so beautifully. So there's so much you said there, Amy, I'm going to like rewind back to the beginning when you talked about leadership and working with leaders. This podcast is leadership is female. Talk to us about leadership. What defines a leader? When do you get to be at that leader status? Um, Tell me from, you know, that real world experience from working with leaders in the sports industry. Yes. So there's so many ways I can go with this answer because leadership is something that it doesn't, it doesn't hinge upon your age or your status. I can go super philosophical and I can go super grounded, but you know, leadership at its very basic. And I think I posted this on Instagram recently is it's using your influence to create positive change. And you can do that as an eight-year-old. Right. And I sort of talk to my kids about this. I'm like, you know, you can be a leader. It doesn't mean you need to start a club or be the president of the school, but you just need to make good decisions that, you know, maybe influence other people to make good decisions. And <laughs> I think that's at the very root of what leadership is. Right. And then you look at literal leadership and you, you might think about your supervisors or C-suite. Right. And in a company, who are the leaders. Typically we go right to the C-suite. They sort of set the tone for an organization, right? And, and those are the people that I tend to work with in my business, but you know, a leader can be found anywhere in the business. Um, and I think in the vein of what I do, you know, a lot of it is about thought leadership. And I think thought leadership can happen at any part of your career. And I push women Now more than ever, you know, I've offered this risers program, which is part of the wins, one of the tiers of the wins membership, which is for women who aspire to be in leadership roles, who I am pushing to start to become thought leaders in the form of being creators, right? So you can be a thought leader um, by blogging on LinkedIn or posting on LinkedIn or being inspirational on Instagram or, you know, in any way that you are comfortable with, right? At any point in your career. Um, But when you do achieve a leadership position, literally when you get to the VP or the director level or the C level or whatever it is, you, you seem to have now a responsibility, right? To be a leader. And what I do in my work is I pull the thought leadership out of these people that are in in leadership, right? Or in the C-suite. And I help them to shape up or position themselves in such a way where they feel comfortable with what they will talk about. Okay. And so an example would be, you know, a woman who is in the C-suite for a sports team, for example. And on the day-to-day, most of the stuff that this woman deals with is about the business, right? And in the media, this woman answers questions about the business, okay, for the most part. But the person in leadership, that, that woman, is a human being who has many qualities and cares about many things. And so when you're in a position of leadership where other people are looking up to you and you're 
the CMO of, you know, a team or you're the COO of, you know, the college football playoff. I talked to an amazing woman, Andrea Williams, a couple of weeks ago about her role. You know, what is it that you want to impart uh, on the others that are sort of looking to you as a leader? And how do you do so in a well-rounded way? You know, um, what do you care about? And so my work really, you know, excuse me, I dig in with someone and tell, ask them to tell me their story, ask them what they care about. And that's how we shape up what I call the pretty little PDF or the media profile for that person so that I can give them the opportunity to talk about the things that are meaningful for them in the media, right? So it kind of brings someone in sports and entertainment outside of the bubble of sports and entertainment for a second and allows them to be seen and heard as the person that they are, the human that they are, not the CMO of the sports team, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, hundred percent. And what I, what I hear you saying is, okay, in, you've got this job, you've got this role, you've got this, these set of responsibilities that you owe to the company, but you're also a human and that human has things that they want to impart on not only their staff, their family, their friends, but maybe society as a whole. And so you help that individual identify what are those things through storytelling and wrap that up in the pretty little PDF that is sort of your like mini Bible for who you are and what you represent and what you're trying to accomplish outside of the KPIs in your business. Exactly. Exactly. So that's exactly correct. I love it. Well, let's, let's dig in. You talk about building an audience and content strategy, and you have an innate ability to see the playing field from 30,000 feet. Oftentimes, like we're, we're so in our own life that you can't see five feet in front of you. So having a resource who can see from that high level is just incredible. So what are people, companies, and brands missing? What are your recommendations for them to better engage with their audience? Yes. So really the first thing is taking it, zooming way out, you know, taking a step back. A lot of times a business will come to me and say, you know, I think we need a little bit of PR or we definitely need to be doing more content. Okay. So let's start with one question. Who is your target audience? And what is it that they need and want from you? Right. And I think that's the very, very basic of what this all is. And and it even applies to the individual in the example that we spoke about in the last question is what, who is your target audience and what is it that they need and want from you? Okay. And So what I do is I sort of take them along this journey to say, okay, here are the the buckets of audience. And usually there's more than one, you know, I mean, your audience at a sports team is your fans, but it's also the industry. And it's also, you know, I, I come to this conclusion a lot. I mean, sports and entertainment are industries that are cultural icons. Okay. They drive us forward in so many ways. So 
these businesses have a great deal of influence. So who is your audience and what do they need and want from you? Um, there are so many conversations that could stem from that right there, that question right there. But that's where we begin. And, you know, building content or conducting interviews that serve that audience, that give them something, right? You know, everybody listens to, not everybody, but people listen to podcasts. And I find myself for one, I, I get one or two little takeaways every single time I listen to somebody speak about whatever it is that they're an expert on or what, whatever they care about, you know, and it's kind of trying to define what are those one or two things that you're going to impart um, as an individual or as a brand or as a business. And, you know, it does have to play into your sales funnel and your pipeline because we have goals and we're trying to meet goals and we're not just creating content for content's sake, right? And so it all plays, everything plays a role in the strategy. Um, and a lot of times I talk about it like, you know, the strategy is a sports team and each player has a role. Um, and who in soccer is the striker? What's your piece of content that's your striker? And, or who's the person in your business that's the striker, the person that you're gonna see on the, in the media? Is it the CMO? You know, who is it? And then who are, who are the team and, you know, all that, all that fun stuff. So that's where I go um, with clients in my business. And I think it's something that not all companies are missing for sure, but many of them, when they approach this game uh, of content creation, it can be reactive. And, and this is about being proactive and also not feeling like we need to play catch up because you can start something anytime, right? And do it the right way. Um, instead of playing catch up and feeling the pressure to be on social media and on all the social channels and using all Clubhouse and what's our Clubhouse strategy and we better get on Clubhouse. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's, <laughs> yes. that's the thing all now. The it's like, yes. we need, all right, well, what are we going to do on Clubhouse? Uh, you know, so it's, well, why are we going to use it? Right. And how can it, how can it supplement our business and thinking through that? Yeah. And two years ago it was, what are we doing on TikTok? It's like, well, I, I mean, do we have a strategy? What do you mean? What are we doing on TikTok? So yes, yeah. I, I hear you in that reactive place is it's really easy to get into very quickly uh, because media moves so quickly. So you can feel like you're always running after the train if you're not sticking to your defined strategy. Yes. And it, but it's so true. I mean, even in my days in the industry, we were chasing the train, mm -hmm. you know, I remember working at NBC and we were just trying to always be uncovering the latest trend and where the eyeballs were going. And the train is moving really fast. It's like, you know, it's like an Acela train. I don't know if you guys have them. It's like the fastest train, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's trying to take a breath and say, okay, what would be the best use of our time? And we cannot be on all channels, you know, but mm -hmm. also not forgetting that we have these incredible people within our company who can help us with that strategy by simply getting out there and speaking, right? And then we can take stuff from all of those speaking engagements and we could use them in our strategy. So it's, it's also, what are you already doing, right? That you're not 
using to your advantage or repurposing to serve your audience. And there's, I mean, so much, right? There's so much that exists in this industry that people might benefit from. Like, you know, people love to get behind the scenes. They like access in this industry. And I could certainly see people being interested in having access, you know, to the behind the scenes and not too far behind the scenes in the sports industry and what's going on in the league's offices. You know, there's so much content that's just like occurring in a Mm -hmm. vacuum, you know? So it's sort of like breaking into it and, and, and opening it up and pulling out, you know, the gems and starting really. Yeah. And then that keyword you used repurposing, I think oftentimes in the content world, you post one thing, a team post one thing, and it's, it's like, it's burned and it's evaporated into the air and that's the end of it. Um, but, but it's not true. Um, I mean, look at the, look at the Washington nationals with that baby shark thing. Like that could have been a one and done and it ends up on a world series ring. Like it's, it did not die. It carried them through the whole season. And there's examples like that with every team, um, and with every individual that you can continue to, to speak about. So I I love that you brought that up and I want to get in more to, Wins Media, your company, and talk to us about what members can expect in the media membership you offer and um, what they can learn from you. You've already given us so much, but but what is it like to be inside? Right. So full disclosure, right? So we launched beginning of January. When I say we launched, that means I launched uh, Wins Media officially in the beginning of January. It's self-imposed deadline. And the vision of wins at that time, and and like everything in life, it continues to evolve because part of my job is to always be listening and uh, tweaking, I would say. But um, the vision for wins is really to become a media platform for women to be seen and heard uh, in the sports and entertainment industry. And um, there are many parts of it, right? And so... Um, the very basic level is creating a community for women, um, for the, for women in this business, a place where we can get together and celebrate our wins and support each other and run things off of each other and collaborate. Right. And more and more, it's becoming about, about opportunities, you know, for women to come in and say, Hey, you know, we'd like to have an influence over this conversation that's going on or this discussion or this issue or this topic that's happening. Um, let's create our own panel, right? And so there's some of that that's happening behind the scenes is we're starting to build original content, not only through, you know, an Instagram live series or a webinar series, um, but also starting to ideate around what are the topics and how can we start to lead this discussion, um, you know, as women in sports entertainment at all levels, really. Um, the second sort of facet of WINS uh, is the Risers program, which I mentioned, which is giving women um, coaching in the art of becoming a thought leader. And so it's at first and foremost, the where I place I begin is how are you presenting yourself to win? Um, you'll hear the word win sort of weaved in and out of a lot of my copy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so presenting yourself to win and on places like LinkedIn, 
Um, how are you presenting yourself? So what is your headline? I do a lot of focus on the headline. So coming off of my writing experience, um, headlines uh, we know are super important to sort of enticing someone to read anything. Um, if you have a weak headline, you probably won't catch the attention of many people. And it's the same when you're talking about personal branding and thought leadership is what is your personal headline? And I go to LinkedIn because I think that's the one place right now that your professional presence is seen virtually. Um, and so what are you telling people, right? Like, what are you saying about yourself? And this is hard for people. This is really, really hard for people. It's hard for me. It's hard for everybody to spin out like a really quick headline for themselves. And what we do is say, okay, well, what is it that you do? Who do you serve? Same, same exercise. And how do you communicate that in a really concise way? Right. And put that out there. And then everything that you do sort of flows from that statement. So if you're creating content and you're asking yourself, well, I really want to create content, but I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what my topics should be. There's sort of this like growth process that occurs when we start to kind of pull out, like, well, what do you do? And who do you serve? And where do you want to go? Where do you want to be in five years? Right. What is your goal? Like if your goal is to be hired and become a CMO, well, you better start to talk to the people that can help you get there. So your target audience might be CMOs, right? So you can become a CMO. So you start to create content that might catch their eye. Um, and the growth process is incredible. Watching people sort of the light bulb go on and say, yes, this makes sense. And now I feel like I can envision the next six months of what I'm going to talk about. And I can, I may be able to plan it out. I could create a calendar for myself. And we know that that is really effective too. Um, is kind of building stuff into your calendar. So that's sort of the risers. Membership is, you know, mid-level um, women. And a lot of it is confidence. You know, it's, it's instilling confidence in these women to say, what you're doing is really great. It's really impressive. A lot of times we forget that so many people would trade with us in a second, Okay. On the day-to-day, -day, maybe you're selling tickets and maybe you're tired of the grind. There'd be a lot of people that would trade with you in a second. But, you know, if you have goals and aspirations, let's start working toward them now, okay? And one way to do that is to become what I call a creator or a thought leader to let people see and hear from you so that they know that that's where you're trying to go. You have to ask people and tell them that that's what you're trying to do. You can't just like expect opportunities to appear. You know, I posted once like opportunities aren't like birthday presents. Like you actually have to work for them. <laughs> right. And you create that. them, right. Like that you actually create them for yourself. And so that's kind of what risers is all about. Um, and then finally the, the sort of base of the membership, when I say base, I mean, sort of the core is, in that, you know, is women who have earned that status, right? So they've worked their way up in the industry and might hold a C-level title. And now they have that responsibility of being that thought leader and maintaining momentum in their career and being seen and heard. And that tier is really coaching them up on exactly what they want 
to how they want to position themselves in the media and then actually connecting them with those opportunities. So the women, you know, the core group of founding members of WINS are women who, you know, have earned their stripes. They have been on panels. They, um, you know, are in positions, what I call of leadership in sports and entertainment. And uh, we're letting them, helping them spread their wings and share their story and um, build their personal brand, which is so, so important in maintaining momentum and visibility in this business, um, which we know is still male dominated. Um, and, you know, I'm finding there's so much great feedback that comes from it, but it's like, you know, when you go out and secure an award, right? So many people think about it as, I don't need awards. I don't need recognition, right? There's this thing that women do, um, not all women, uh, but that's giving you major credibility. And it's actually taking away this um, need to tell your story or explain yourself, or, you know, if you can attach an award to your work, it, it opens doors, right? And so I look at, you know, creating opportunities for women to, A, be aware of awards. Many women aren't even aware of certain awards that exist. B, get them or be nominated for them and get speaking engagements and talk about things and go a little bit more public with themselves. Um, the doors begin to open and it, it's like very liberating, I would say, you know? Um, so that's one of the my most favorite parts of wins and what I do is seeing these women who have, have worked so hard to get where they are, um, spread their wings even further and get out there and start to talk about the things that are really meaningful for them, but are really important for the industry to hear from them and also for women to hear from them. You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, Learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com. Join our newsletter. Check out all the episodes of the podcast and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. Leadershipisfemale.com. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources, and analytics, the assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Yeah. I mean, you said, Amy, an unbelievable amount of things that I just 
love and want to scream from the rooftops because one of the things that this podcast has uncovered is the most successful women are those women who found their voice and who are confident in their voice. And so you're helping to get, get women there. And there's a lot of things um, that, that you said, I loved when you said opportunities are not like birthday presents. You have to create them, not expect them. Um, you can't sit on the sidelines. You have to flex and use your voice in order to have the things happen that you're seeking. And so what are, what are women missing? Why do so many women sit on the sidelines instead of singing their own praises and acknowledging the things that they've accomplished and what are, let's say the three things that women should be doing in order to up our influence? It's a big question. Um, so what are women missing? You know, I think sometimes it's permission is the word, you know, someone needs to give them permission to break outside this self-imposed box that they feel that they're in. I think a lot of it, you know, everybody's different. If you ask, everybody might answer this question differently. This is my answer, right? It's um, no one needs to give you permission to go out and chase your dream. Um, and a lot of women feel that they need permission. And I think that that's, some sort of core, like, <laughs> like in, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but it's just like, you're born there. You're born with that. Like I, I need someone to tell so me yeah, yeah, that I can do this. Right. And I think one thing I would say is investing in, this is not by any means, like a pitch of any kind. Like I did this myself and it's why I firmly believe in it investing in yourself in the form of a career coach of some kind um, is a game changer, right? Because that's sort of how you attain that permission, right? If you're not getting that in your life and you feel that you sort of need it and you're like, how am I going to do this? And, you know, I have these dreams and they're sort of like, maybe they'll, it'll never happen, you know, but, and, and maybe that's okay. But when you take this step out and you say, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to commit to this and work with someone and have them give me the push I need or the permission that I need to go out or the confidence that I need to go out. Um, I think that's in a lot of cases what women are missing and that something that they don't do to their core as well as men do. Um, I think athletics definitely helps this. I think that's why you see a lot of women in the sports business who were athletes who sort of worked through that in so many ways by sort of achieving things and, and through sports. Um, and that's a theme, but that would kind of be where I would go with that answer um, to your question. Yeah. Well, and it makes it, to your last point, like so many of us that work in sports, we're athletes. And in order to obtain su success as an athlete, you had a coach, right? Mm -hmm. That coach, you could even back it up to say that coach gave you permission to score that goal, shoot that basket, do that thing that would make you a winner. 
So why is it that we give up on having a coach, having a leader in our life to help us continue, you know, being that guiding star? How much more success could we achieve if we didn't abandon our coach when we stopped playing competitive sports? Right. Why don't we have one in our career? It makes it's like, this is a huge aha moment for me. And I hope that the listeners really hear this as well. If you're not at a place where you, you have a coach yet, um, do you at least have a mentor, you know, that right. you can bounce some ideas off of that can give you permission to go after that promotion, um, or leave your job for that next big role? You know, who is it in your life that's helping to cheer you on? Right. Totally. I mean, I've never equated it to the coach, but you're right. You know, um, having someone who is enabling you and empowering you to be your best self, you know, I think it does resonate with having a coach in sports. Um, and you know, when you, when you invest in that kind of thing for yourself, you're saying, I take myself seriously and I want to do what it takes And this is what it takes. I think there are a lot of people, you know, there are women and there are people who are born with it, right? Like um, they're born goal scorers, right? They just, they go and they don't, they're unapologetic. I think a lot of women are, are very apologetic. They're looking for permission. They don't understand, or they can't justify the expense. There's that comes up a lot is even with like a gym membership, I can't justify the expense. Okay, well, how much is your car payment? You know what I mean? And now we're talking about your body. So how much is it worth to you? You know what I mean? And how much is your career worth to you? Because it's the same conversation. And when you're, when you're willing to throw down the challenge upon yourself and say, um, I'm gonna do this and look, you know, this isn't, nothing's guaranteed, but if I'm going to commit to something for three months, six months for a year, then, and I've invested in it and people pay attention to things that they spend money on. And so do coaches, right? So mentorship is great, right? Mentorship is so great, but mentorship will only go so far. uh, Because most time, like a mentorship situation, there's no nothing being exchanged, right? People, there's no skin in the game. There's no skin in the game. When there's skin in the game, you know, not only have you said, I take myself seriously and I'm willing to invest myself, but the coach is then invested in your success because the better that you are, then the better that it looks for them, right? Mm -hmm. They want you to win. Okay. So I think that's something else, um, that I, I, you know, I, I would love to impart upon women listening is, don't try to justify the expense. Like <laughs> this is your career and it has a huge impact on your happiness on the day to day. And if you have children, let them see you happy. Let them see you chase your dream. And look, like if you don't succeed, at least you tried. Right. Um, but <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of it. So for you, you've been on a ride already in your career from working in media, working for somebody else to now taking on this big, big company idea by yourself with wins. So talk to us about the tipping point 
in your career? You met, you alluded to it a little bit earlier in the conversation, but when did, when did things sort of like come to a head where you decided it's time to make, make a pivot and um, how did you work through it? Yeah, well, there's a couple that come to mind. I mean, the first big one is when I was working at Comcast NBC here in Philly and they were going to move those companies up to Stanford, Connecticut. And we had the option to sort of go or not go, right? And I looked at that moment and said, this is my chance to do what I want to do, you know, to listen to the voice that's inside me which was saying, I want to write, I want to teach, I want to start my own business. And I never knew how I would make it happen. I I never knew how it would come together, but that was the moment in time where I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go do this. Um, I'm, I'm sort of going to take myself out of the competition here, which I think was a big moment when you, and like me, um, if you are a competitive person, Right. And, and this business is competitive in so many ways where there are only so many positions and there are are a lot more people than positions, you know, being competitive in that moment, sometimes it might be easy to lose sight of what are my personal goals and is going to Stanford, Connecticut, going to serve that. And I knew the answer was no. Right. But I think there's still the pull to compete because other people are going, you know, and I don't want to be left behind. I think that was a pivotal moment where I said to myself, no, be true to yourself and go chase your dream. Right. And I was able to do that um, at that moment, you know, to start writing and start teaching and sort of like exploring that and exercising that muscle that was sort of like screaming to get out. And then, you know, um, fast forward, And until more recently, you know, I've been working on my business for a while, really. I mean, we're talking about almost a decade developing this and um, growing my, my business and trying to figure out exactly where I would land and what my final sort of role will be. I've kind of learned that there's never a final role. (laughs) It's always evolving. Um, But starting from freelancing to going into business engagements and retainer-based engagements and doing more high-level strategy, um, and then coming to COVID, where everything needed to be re-examined and trying to, you know, you know, I found myself saying, okay, what is it that my clients need now? You know, I mean, in some ways it hasn't changed, but some ways it has. And we know that marketing is one of the first things that gets cut, you know, when the budget gets cut. So how can I reimagine this? And so what I kind of did was I looked and I, I, I thought to myself, one of the main themes that I've found in my business so far is that I'm working with a lot of female founders and um, what my experience told me was that there is a lot of opportunity right now to um, help these women, whether they're a founder, whether they're in the business, be seen and heard. And during COVID, it was like this, almost like this perfect storm of upheaval where securing an opportunity for someone to speak, I don't know that it became easier 
but certainly the topics changed and the media sort of froze and it created this like need for content. Right. And, um, so I started placing clients and, you know, and opportunities to talk about how the pandemic would be influencing sponsorship or how the pandemic would be influencing um, tech or, you know, things like that. And, and then it just sort of, it just sort of like the idea was born, like, let's build this community and let's help women be seen and heard. Let's help them be visible throughout the duration of their career. Um, until they get to the point where they have, like I said, at the beginning, like this responsibility of leadership, um, where, you know, we can coach them and train them to connect with their audience across the media. And so those are kind of like the two pivotal moments for me that I would, I would say, um, that have brought me to this point. And I'm sure that there, there will be more. Um, hopefully there will not be another pandemic yeah. um, that will force Fingers people to, that will for, <laughs> force people to reimagine their entire existence. But um, you know, in some ways, wins is a silver lining. I, I kind of equate it to like lightning striking the sand. And oh my God, there's like a glass that comes out of it, like some weird, you know, new thing that comes out of it. And um, I'm really just excited to see where it goes. Yeah. And you said something earlier about, um, listening to the voice inside your head. That is your knowing, like it's, it, it knows what you want and where you want to go. And oftentimes that voice is shouted over by the competitive spirit within an individual and you're in a situation where, okay, for you, Amy, the company was moving and you had this feeling like, okay, there's, there's this feeling of scarcity and I don't want to get left behind. And in the what ifs, um, I think it happens to a lot of women when you're approached about a new opportunity, maybe by a recruiter and it's like, all right, well, you picked me to enter this game. Now I want to finish in first place and get the job, but maybe you don't. And you're just so wrapped up in the competition. You can't even see you know, see or hear what that voice in your head is saying. So I'm so happy you pointed that out because I think that just resonates with us so much, especially now as sports are coming back to life and there's going to be many opportunities that unveil themselves. And I think we really have to be cognizant of chasing the job or the job title um, versus chasing what we really want. I think those are two different things. They're two totally different things. And it's so easy to get caught in the crosshairs of that, that sort of like two path journey of which road am I going to take? And I hear that inner debate that people have that they, you hear them trying to justify it, justify, justify it, but this sounds great. And this would be so good. And it's like, but why are you trying to justify it? you know, happiness is super important. (laughs) Um, And so money is another thing, right? You want to, you want to maximize your income and how much is enough, you know, and, and it's never enough if it's not going to make you happy. 
So, so you know, true. it's hard. It's so hard. Right. And coming out of COVID, it's going to be even harder because people are going to be like, I'm being presented an opportunity and I don't want to turn it down because we just lived through something that taught us a little bit of something about um, like new words, like furlough and, right. you know, took, took away our security blanket. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be really hard and we don't have a crystal ball to see, you know, how companies will hire up, how fast they will hire up, what will be left behind. Um, but certainly keeping, keeping an eye on that inner voice, keeping an ear like open and not ignoring it, I think is a very basic piece of advice. Yeah. Well, and you laid out some questions that you can ask yourself. You said, um, what do you want to impart on those around you? What do you do? And that could mean like, what do you do currently in your job or what do you want to do? Who do you serve? That could mean currently, or who do you serve figuratively one year from now? Those are a lot of really great introspective questions that you can ask yourself. I can help you to say like, all right, well, maybe this, you know, role that I'm being presented across the country, like if I, yes, I would love that title. I would love that pay. But if I ask myself those questions on the inside, is it checking those boxes or am I better served, you know, doing X? So they're hard questions to answer, but if you reflect on them, I think you'll find some, some answers in your, in your inner knowing. Yeah. And then again, coaching helps too. Yes. 100%. So you are a coach. So give us a piece of advice, like one thing we can do, like something tactical you could do today so that you can level up tomorrow. Great question. What can you do today to level up tomorrow? You know, I think taking inventory of your skill set and, you know, If I'm a woman who is looking to level up my career, I need to understand where the gaps are in my skill set. So just to get into the weeds and be tactical about it, if you are selling sponsorships for a team and activating sponsorships for a team, for example, and you wanna be the CMO of the NFL, what experience do you not have right now that you need to go get, right? Because obviously you're not going to jump from sponsorship sales representative to CMO and map it out, right? Map out your journey. And the map is not finite. It's not permanent, but it is a plan. So it's sort of just build a plan for yourself, set goals for yourself, right? And try to integrate that into your, not daily, right? But your regular practice or routine in whatever way works for you. So for example, I use Google tasks. I don't even know like if it's widely used, but I use it on my phone. And anytime I think of something that I want to do, whether it's a big goal or what I call like a big win or a small win, um, I put it in there. And sometimes I'll put a deadline on it. And this is, again, like self-imposed deadlines, right? Um, And so really get into your skill set. Where are the gaps? And what do you think 
What are the stepping stones that will take you from point A to point Z? And sometimes that does include investing in something like more education, um, investing in a membership, not, you know, not just like mine, but like, you know, if you're looking to become the CMO of the NFL, what are some of the relevant marketing memberships? You know, what are, what are CMOs up to and what are the circles that they sort of hang out in and how can you find your way in, right? Um, how can you build relationships that'll help you move toward that goal to level up? And it's, it's like this introspective practice that's so important. And I'm definitely a pen to paper kind of person but even the simplest act of writing down your goals or putting them in your phone, it gets them out of your head into the physical world. And it makes you feel in just a little bit more um, of a way accountable for that. Um, and so that would be my advice uh, on that, on that one. Amy, this entire episode is just dripping with so much Wonderful information, so many great to-dos on how women can have a louder voice, build their audience, build their influence. I can't thank you enough for sharing with us. And as I ask every guest, you must leave us, please, with your favorite quote. You know, I thought about this and really what I land on here, and I don't know who to attribute it to, honestly, is chase your dream. It is beyond appropriate for all that we've talked about today. And Amy, I have enjoyed this so, so much. I hope we can bring you back on the podcast in the future and just continue to learn and grow from you. Um, for our listeners, I'm going to link up everything about wins in the show notes. And when we share this episode um, on social and on LinkedIn, I'll have that information included too, because can you imagine having access to Amy like all the time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Um, but thank you, Emily. This has been an honor and such an amazing discussion. And I would love to return again and love to stay in touch. Me too. So real quick, leave us with your, uh, with your media handles. Where can we find you? So I'm on Instagram, Amy Sheridan underscore. Um, wins Media on Instagram is wins.media. Um, one of my biggest content channels is LinkedIn. I sort of, that's where I live and breathe a lot of the time because it's just the most relevant place for the work that I do. And, you know, it's a super important place when we're talking about your professional career. Um, so those would be the handles that I would leave you with, um, you know, right now. Well, thank you so much. And, um, you've been, it's been an honor to speak to you today and thank you for thank sharing you. with us. Thank you so, so much. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, ask yourself this one question. What do you want to impart on those around you? Write down the answer and use it as your guiding light. Number two, on building content, zoom way out and ask yourself, who is your target audience and what do they need or want from you? Start asking this second very important question. Number three, on leveling up. First, take inventory of your skill set. Second, understand where your gaps are. And then finally, set your goals and map the journey to get there. And number four, what are women missing? One word, permission. 
Amy's advice, invest in yourself in the form of hiring a career coach. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already, because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.